With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. LeBron James the only, becomes the only player ever to reach 30K points, 8K rebounds, and 8K assists. Damn, dog. And he ain't done. Nowhere near it. Not his 12th triple-double of the season, 29 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Jesus Christ, dude. Beast. And they say, I think I saw somewhere he just reached 11th all-time. I think it was either an assist. Yeah, just cracked eleventh all time in the sixth. This dude might be top ten in points. Well, he's already top ten in points, but he might be like top ten in points, rebounds, and assists, dude. Once it's all said and done, each of those categories. Welcome to another edition of Dead in Sports. I'm your host Kenneth B. Inch. Joining me on the show is BZ430 and FIFO. What's going on, fellas? What it do? What up? What up? What up? Uh, this week, we're discussing the reaction to the FBI probe that hit the NCAA, Philly's billboard uh, that they're using to recruit LeBron, Anthony Davis's big games, Porzingis, and much, much more. Uh, before we kick off the show, please check out the other following shows. Um, and I, I think you guys are like this. Uh, check out the 12 Kyle podcast, former Dead End Sports host, 12 Kyle. Check out his podcast. Um Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to Dead in Hip Hop, uh, the YouTube channel. So check that out. Uh, subscribe to the Is the Mike Still On podcast, and check out these other two sports podcasts: uh, Chris Platty's Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly uh, B Ball Talk, and the Technical File podcast uh, from a former guest of ours, uh, Manny. So, um, so anyway, so let's go ahead and. Um, Kick things off this week. Um, the NCAA got in a lot of hot mess, uh, which shouldn't be um, surprising to a lot of people with the FBI wiretapping. And we had win uh, that this was this was coming uh, a while back, and now it finally hit. Um, there's been a lot of reactions to the the scandal. Uh, Sean Miller was recorded um, proposing to pay uh, Aiton. What what's his first name? B. Hmm? DeAndre. 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 Oh, yeah, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, Beast. Beast. Uh, yeah. Oh. Um, so he didn't coach, but the players get to play. Got coach players from Duke caught up in this mess. A lot of people in this mess. And uh, today, uh, we're recording this on on uh, Tuesday, February twenty seventh. But LeBron said they called the NCAA corrupt. Jalen Rose said players should boycott. And Barack Obama 
had the most interesting comment of all. Uh, he says that the NBA should create a junior league. So, um, did you guys see that? And if you did, what do you guys think about Barack's proposal? Barack be listening to that in sports. I've been said that. <laughs> I've been said that. Yeah, I thought. I'm just saying. I, 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 I been mentioned that before some time ago. I said I thought when I saw that Barack, what Barack said, I was like, I like didn't people say that a few months ago or some time ago? I, I yeah, know. it was a while ago. It's not yeah. even some months, years. I've been I've been been saying that. I think that the NBA, I, I've said that the NBA needs to have a minor league just like baseball, so that way you can yep. control the maturation. Yep, you can control the maturation of these players and then bring them up once they're ready. You know what I'm saying? That's the reason why I said that I be I believe that every single NBA team needs to own a G League team. And the G League needs to be the true minor league system, the feeder system. You know, so that way kids can bypass the NCAA. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Or just start playing co- paying college players. These guys just what's a hundred thousand for Deontay Ayton, right? Versus the millions that he's going to generate for that university. Is that not fair? You know what? Keep your scholarship. Just give me the dough. Yep, that's mm. true. I mean, I, I, you know, and, and uh, to your point too, people, hockey, NHL, they have minor leagues. You know what I'm saying? For the kids that come out that don't want to go to college. Hey, look, spend a couple of years playing this minor league. And if you're ready, We'll get you caught up, get you signed up. Same with, with, with baseball. They have two minor leagues. You got AAA and AA. So mm-hmm. you got to work, really work your way up in the, before you be ready for the majors in, in baseball. And I think I'm cool with NBA doing something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives – when you're coming out 18 years old, 17, 18 years old, graduate high school, it gives you a decision. If you want to go into college, try to get education and play ball, or if you want to be like, look, you know what? I'm a grown at that point. I'm 18. I'm a grown person. I make my own decisions. I want to try to go at this pro thing and, and start off in the G League and work my, and try to work my way up. If that don't and work, bet on myself, no. huh? And bet on yourself. And bet on yourself. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I, I think I think that's a good way to. I think that's a a, a clean way to do it. You know, because all these other sports, you got kids is even younger going into in, into into in their profession. You know what I'm saying? Why the NBA is the only sport. That um, you know, uh, you have to go to college. You know what I'm saying? NFL, we understand that. There's no way, no man, you cannot be 18 years old, be ready to play grown man football. That that's a different story. That's that's I understand football. I think we all understand that concept. But mm-hmm. but NBA, that's the only professional that that's the only um, major sport where you can't come out as an 18 year old and be a professional or younger and be a professional. Stan Van Gundy made an interesting point. He flat out said it's racist, it's racist because <laughs> you got a lot of young black kids, pretty much majority of that's in the in the sport of the NBA, of, of basketball, that's trying to come out and make millions as youngsters. And Stan Van Gunny said, you hey, you got all you got golfers that's 14, 15 being professional. And you know, you got hockey players, you got baseball, that's majority white kids, or that's not black, you know, or Caucasian males that's making these millions as young youngins, but when it's a young black person, they can't go fresh out of high school and make millions. So Stan Van Gunny, he just flat out said it. Stan Van Gunny had no filter, no filter at all, man. So yeah, these guys, you should have a chance to play in the G League for development minor league. Get to, to get a chance, like people said perfectly. Bet on yourself. So, I mean, 
they've had this league since what 2001, right? And I think there's been two players, Hassan Whiteside, Jeremy Lin, and I know there's been others um, that have come out of the league. Uh, Jonathan Simmons, I think he came from the G League. Yep, it's a whole bunch. It's a whole bunch yep. of role players, Ken. It's a whole bunch of guys that add value to 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 bas- to professional basketball teams because everybody's not going to be a star, and you're going to need guys to go out there and fill voids on squads, and that and that's what you can develop in the G League. Also, what it does is it, it it'll showcase if a guy's like super ready. You know what I'm saying? Like you could draft them. And be like, well, I'm not sure. He goes out there, he dominates a couple times. Okay, you call him up. You know what I'm saying? Like, how how good would it be right now, right? And 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 I know where you were going, where you know the G League was started. You said what back in 01? Yeah, but yeah, still, 01. not not every team. 17 years later, has a G League team. That's still a problem. Wow. All 30 teams do not do not have a G League team. So I think it should be mandatory for they got to they got to change that they they got to change that because they got to be college and, and you know I'm not a proponent of of the one and done I I'd rather them go straight to the NBA and get the best uh coaching and, and, and weightlifting and training and treatment available from the youngest age possible that's how you create a dominant culture. You know what I'm saying? We already dominate, but if you watch the world versus um, the U.S. And, 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 and the young game, right, like the youngster game, the up-and-coming game, the world dominated. The world is catching up. The difference is is that the like there's no one particular country as dominant as the U.S., but you take the rest of the world versus the U.S., I would say that the world is better than us at this point in terms of young talent, in terms of young talent. So what what are we doing as a nation to preserve that we are by far the most dominant basketball country? We got to get them in younger. You know, there's certain countries like like Cuba where they make sports part of your school and they develop you like 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 you can tell, you know, okay, okay this guy, this kid might be good at football, baseball, or right, we're going to push him here and then or they might just develop them for one particular sport from a very young age. So that Tony way, by Tony t- Parker, Tony Parker is a prime, ex- a perfect example because he was playing professional ball. Since know, 14. At, yeah, since 14, 14 years old Ricky in Rubio. France. He was playing professional ball in, in France at 14. Ricky Rubio, uh, Sergio Rodriguez, a lot of those European guys, you know, uh, uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, uh, the, the high draft pick uh, coming out this year. You know what I'm saying? These guys play prof- uh, Nikolai Miritich. You know what I'm saying? These guys play professional basketball from a very young age, and and, and that's good for them playing against mature men. So that way, when they when when they make the jump to the NBA, it's not that big of a shock. It's like, oh, okay, I, I just gotta take I gotta take it a, a half step up or maybe a, a just one level up. You know what I'm saying? Versus, holy crap, what is this? What did I get myself into? Because oftentimes we see these rookies deer in the headlight look. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they're not ready and sometimes they are. But it's more often than not that they're not ready. But like I've been saying for years on this on, on this program, the talent is coming and we see it. And it's more ready than ever. So imagine if the NBA, instead of these AAU coaches, right, in, in high school, can get their hands on kids at 10, 11. And start developing them from that age, bro. Like, come on! I, I just think it only makes sense. It only makes sense to me. You know, I, I think one of the the concerns that I think um, 
that you know you you you've heard, I've heard a lot of different reactions to this, and and for me the way I look at it right is is that if they do create this league, look every it ain't for everybody. It's only going to be the mm-hmm. best of the best. So you still will be able to get talent for college, but you'll have talent that will develop in college to become an NBA player. So you will have a chance. The NCAA will have a chance to brand a player and to build their business around a player that wasn't pro- NBA talent right off the bat, like in 18 or 19. But over two or three years, you, you'll see him morph into, into that guy, like maybe somebody like Buddy Hill. Um, so I, or, or I think was the Laker he, guy. Was the Laker um, rookie? The, Kuzma, the, Kuzma. Kuzma. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So you'll still find NBA players in the NCAA, mm-hmm. but they'll have something a little bit. Because, you know, if these guys stay in there for a year or so, we watch them play sometimes or may, or maybe just only in the tournament, and we don't really get a chance to see what or who they are. So I think it can work both ways. So only the best can go, and we'll let the your talent dictate who gets a shot. And then if you can't make it, hey, maybe you can go to uh, back to college and play there and develop. But it's not going to be for everybody. Because I think one of, the, one of the things that I kept hearing is that, oh, only uh, 13 players from college or whatever the number they were throwing out make it to the NBA. And that's fine. Those guys can play in the G League. And everybody else can play in in, in the uh, in in college, so it works for both players. And the thing that I want to know, and the thing that I've been waiting for, is Adam Silver because I haven't seen him say anything in response to it. Because the league, the the rule, the one and done is his rule. So, as progressive as they are, will they make a change on this? Because we've seen successful high school players develop into elite talent and stars. And as with anything, not all high school players are built for that. So the market and your talent will determine whether or not you, you turn into a guy. And and that's just it. I don't know, man. Um so I yeah, I'm curious to see if they uh if they're gonna um see what Adam Silver's gonna do. Cause he's been really quiet so I'm sure he's uh He's he's talking to his people because and maybe he'll reverse the rule. I don't know. Um, one of the things that happened Monday was it Monday or was it Sunday? Uh, I'm talking about Jaja Pachulia. Um, the Warriors. No, I think it was Sunday. The Warriors, Thunder. They were playing, and uh, by now most of you guys have seen it. Uh, Russell Westbrook drives to the hoop, goes up for a layup. Um, Swaggy P comes from behind, contests the shot. Swaggy P falls down. Shaja Pachulia uh, catches himself, take a few steps forward, look, sees Russell Westbrook on the ground, and somehow falls down. Um, there's been a lot of talk about what happened and whether or not Shaja is the dirty player. And the NBA came out, and they didn't suspend him uh, at all. Now... I will say that you can see contact from Swaggy P's leg on the back of Jaja's leg, and um, and I think because that was there, that may have led to them not suspending him. But I guess what I want to start out with is: Do you guys think that? Do you guys think that was a dirty play? Um, looking 
looking from the angles, did he like intentionally fell? Because I couldn't tell if he like intentionally fell on his knee or just like fell on his leg or B B that man dirty well, man. No, 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 I mean, I could, but I couldn't, I couldn't, because like when he fell down, it, it, he, he, I didn't see him like intentionally like go for a part of his body. He, but he, but, but he, he didn't necessarily like say, oh, look at the knee, I'm gonna go you know, put an elbow on the knee. But right. he saw Russ and he put his whole body on his lower extremity. That's dirt. There was, look, there, there was no contact between him and Swaggy P that made him fall down like that. I mean, right, right, right. Come right. on, man. Come on, man. But, I, I mean, yeah, look, it could it it looked at like yeah, it looked like it was kind of like some acting going on the way the way he fell down. But I think for me, people, I was just looking at like you said, like he didn't intentionally like go like it, it'd have been different. He was just like, oh, I'm putting all this pressure on his knee or or ankle or whatever. I didn't see that, so I was just like, I'm but, like, but, why he he, but B, but why he? But the, the fall was intentional. He didn't have to fall, and I made him true. fall. That's true. That's true. And like I said, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just think when you know when I when I was looking at, it, I'm like, well, he didn't intentionally like try to, you know, we've seen players intentionally try to hit certain areas where you be like, okay, you either know that guy is injured or you know it's the potential of him getting seriously injured. So with that fall, you're right, FIFO. It it was intentionally like just the way he fell on his body. He didn't have to. Uh, uh, Swaggy P did not. Nick Young did not put that much. He didn't hit him that hard or push him that hard for him to fall down, you know, like exactly. that on Russell. But I was exactly. just looking at it from, okay, what was he trying to actually fall on? Because I didn't see it. So that that was that was just my dissecting of that he, video. So I, I just, feel you. The, the thing he was trying to fall on was Russell Westbrook at any at anywhere. Think about yeah. it, man. You you take Russell Westbrook out, that team is completely like that's not that's barely a playoff team in the West. Right. Right. Let's I, be yeah, honest. I, think, I think with superstars, you gotta kind of lay some type of law down i mean you know not to make it not to say like you know either player you know another type of player don't matter but like if it's hey. a, a, some a, a marquee player that people come to see rather than on tv or live it should have been some type of punishment for zaza like you of know, course 1000 percent. look yep. like, i don't i don't know if it should have been a suspension or a fine you know they don't pay me the type of money to make those decisions but at the end of the day Look, the NBA is an open market, right? There's a value set. Don't nobody pay to go see no Zaza Petrulia. Right. People pay to go see Russell Westbrook, which is the reason why this man has a $200 million contract. Yep. That's his value. So so when you unintentionally or intentionally try to harm somebody that's worth value like that, I think that you should not even have to think twice about making a statement and especially when Zaza has been involved in many occurrence the one against Kawhi Leonard last year in uh, in the playoffs that one was kind of whatever like like that was very on the border but this right here this was very very much so intentional hell no hell. and then you see Russ's face after that he's like Come on, really yeah and you're yeah, not he gonna was you not gonna do nothing yeah, he was looking like really, like you, you really just fought out on me like that, like really. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you know when I was watching the game, man, and when I saw the replay, uh, yeah, as soon as I started, I was like, I, I'm, I'm just fed up with Jaja. Like I knew it was intentional, and then you know I was wondering how they were gonna spin it, um, and of course the Swaggy P making legs. And you're right, man. There's no way he's gonna make Jaja 
six eleven Zha Zha fall down by tapping the back of his leg. So I, I definitely think he's a dirty player. He has a history of that. And I I don't know why um why we're so reluctant to call him that. Like people are are reluctant to call him what he is. Like they were quick to call Delhi that. And then other people are saying, you know, we, we had Bill Lambeer doing doing similar things back in the day. Um, but but for me, and while that's true, but they, they've done a good job of trying to get that out of the league. And here is a guy that's doing similar things as deliberately hurting stars. So they, they got to get that out, man. And um, and I, I figured they wasn't going to suspend him. But I think the league has to be caref- careful here because retaliation is coming. Somebody is going to get him, and it's oh, just yeah. a matter of time. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely thought it was a dirty play um, when I saw it. So, yeah, that, that that's crazy, man. Um, there was something you said, FIFA, and I didn't have this written down, but it just caught my attention when you said it. So you really think without Russell Westbrook, OKC, with Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, he isn't a playoff team in the West? I said they're seven seed now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, nah, nah. Nah, they're barely a playoff team. Barely. In the West. I don't know, man. I think, well, it depends on who the point guard would, would be. But, um, hmm. I don't know, man. Paul George. Paul George is that dude. So, I don't know. I think maybe there'll be a – I didn't know they were seven seed. They are seven uh, seed right yeah. now, dude. They like, they're like a game and a half ahead of the eight seed. I think it was the Denver Nuggets. Losing, uh, losing Roberson hurt them a lot. A, a lot more than people um, would like to admit because they haven't been the same since he went down. Um, but anyway, yeah. So um, one other thing that uh, that I have here, and I don't think it was on the, the list of notes, um, LeBron and, and the calling out the referees and saying that he hasn't been receiving the number of calls that he should have um, following – that game on Sunday against the Spurs, Paul George said the same thing. He said that he doesn't get calls, and Russell Westbrook don't get calls. And this isn't the first time. And LeBron went on rec- basically said that they protect the shooter. Um, why, why do you guys think this is? Why do you guys think that Paul George, Westbrook, and LeBron are not being rewarded for attacking the basket when typically guys that attack the basket are rewarded more? I, you know, I, I think first and foremost, too many guys in the NBA complain. Um, and I think that, you know, refs are obviously human. And when you complain, I'm going to be less likely to give you that next call unless it was very valid and I missed it. Then, you know what, I'm going to overcompensate. And if they even breathe on you the heart, like the wrong way, I'm going to call this call for you because I done messed up on the last one. So I get that there's a human component to it. But um, I. <sighs> I just think that, you know, when I watch basketball now, I, I just think it needs to be a little bit more physical. So that way, and I think the the game needs to be called more consistent. There's games I watch where they let a lot of contact go, right? And then there's games I watch where you touch them and it's a foul. And I don't think that the players know game to game what they're going to get. And I think that's very hard to play basketball at a high level where you don't understand or have a feel for how the game is going to be officiated. And I think more so than getting the calls, it's more so being consistent with how you're going to call the game. 
And I think once the refs figure that out, and I think that that's the reason why I'm saying that you have to allow a little bit more of, of physicality. So that way the refs has, have a little bit more leeway if they do decide to swallow the whistle. So that's how I feel about that. I, I, I think they're just coming from a player perspective. Obviously, I never played in the NBA, so I, I don't know how it feels. But just outside looking in, that's that's my perspective on the situation. You know, I think he has a, a, a valid point, though. And I, I think all of the guys that attack the basket do like. And, and, and to, to one of your points about the physicality in the NBA, um, yeah, it does need to be more physical, and but it also needs to go both ways because the inconsistency inconsistency that you spoke of is what I see in a game. A player will go to the hoop, they'll get beat up, and and there'll be no call. But then a player would get touched or swiped at, you know, on, on the perimeter taking a jump shot, and and it's a call, and and they're barely touched or. You know, they may make a flailing gesture into making the referees think, and I get that you're selling it, but there are a lot of calls on the perimeter where it, it I'm like, it, when when they drive to the paint and they get the same type of contact, it's not a foul. But out on the perimeter, when you have similar that same amount of contact, it's a foul. So for me, that's where the inconsistencies lie, and I, I would like to see them clean that up because i can understand being frustrated um b you know you you bad boys pistons man so um what what do you what do you think about about this because they changed the rules after detroit beat the hell out of michael jordan for all of those years and he complained so uh so you think lebron westbrook and paul george do you think they got a gripe uh no i mean we we've seen players complain about you know, them not getting calls for everywhere, going from Shaq to Ivo to Kobe. So, I mean, like, LeBron LeBron and Westbrook and them, the superstars complaining is not is not anything new. Um, I don't know, man. I'm kind of with people, man. I just need – I think the game needs to be a little bit more physical. I mean, you know, of course, not saying it needs to go back to 1987, mm-hmm. physical, but, you know, it, it yeah, need to get a little more physical. And if, and if you're not going to – you know, call it, you know, just make it, make sure it's even on both ends, you know, and don't just make it lopsided where you, you know, LeBron James shoot 17 free throws and, and, and then Paul George only shooting two or James Harden only shooting two, you know, like just call it consistent. But I just think it just do need to get a little bit more physical. I mean, some of the fouls is not really affecting LeBron James going to the rack. It's like you can, you can still make that shot. You can still play through it. Yeah, you might get tapped on the wrist or whatever, or you might get a little slapped on your on your arm. Do you six eight two seventy? You know, so it shouldn't be that much issue. It, it, it'd be different if dudes was out there trying to clothesline you or undercut you and and literally bump you out of the lane with their you know with their hips and stuff and no cause. But you know, for the ticky tack stuff, it's like all right, you're gonna when you're penetrating going to the basket, you're gonna get contact. I mean, regardless if you like it or not. You're gonna get some contact, so you shouldn't really. Every time you go to the hole and get some contact, and the ref don't call it, you shouldn't be complaining every single time. It's like, dude, it's not. It's not easy. It's not gonna be easy going to the bucket. So you're gonna, you might as well just brace for impact and then just get the contact and try to fight through it and get the end one. If the ref call it, cool. If they don't, get back on the defense. Hmm. And you know All what right. I believe too. Before yeah. we move on, is the 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 right to defensive space, right? Because as an offensive player, you initiate and create contact. 
as a right. defensive player, am I supposed to just continue to allow you the space without holding right. my ground? I right. feel that I should have the right to stand my. If you initiate contact and I and and I not push you back, but use my own manly force to resist your contact, that should not be a foul. That should not. I'm. I'm. I should have the right to this defensive space, and that's what I mean by being more physical. Not and this whole flopping thing. If I see somebody flail off of that, I'm like, I'm not even calling that. I'm. Let, I'm letting that play on. You need to understand that the defensive player has a right to, to resist your contact creation. Yeah. That's that, that. That's only what's fair in basketball. Because if you're initiating all the contact, I'm always at a disadvantage. Always, that's not fair. How, how, how? Sometimes, right? Like, what? Before, before we got on the show, I was talking uh, to B about Larry Bird and how he was the first player I saw that used IQ to overcome his physical uh, uh, limitations. And sometimes somebody may be stronger than somebody that's quicker, and you have to use that strength to nullify that quickness. And I feel in the NBA, they, they don't allow that. Like, Ron Artest couldn't play and be the guy he was in this NBA. And that's not fair. Because Ron Artest was a, 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 an all-star and an all-first-team NBA defender, one of the greatest defenders to play in the game. May, may, maybe a couple screws loose, which kind of held him back. But let's be honest. At his prime, he could lock the best of them down and get in people's head. But in this NBA, he, he, he couldn't do what he did. He was a bully. And, you, and, and I feel that M, the NBA should allow the rules to have bullies. I think the closest thing that we see to that is Draymond. He gets yeah. away with a lot of contact defensively. But, but, but that's not consistent. I think that needs to be consistent throughout the NBA. And he gets away with a lot of complaining to the referees. Too. He does. <laughs> My God. He oh, does. Man. But, you know, you earn that right, though. You know, the, the higher you you get and the, and the more value you are, like, that's what he's known for now, right? So, so the rest will give him more leeway versus uh, uh, who, who's, who, who's the new uh, uh, big white boy for, 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 for the Cleveland Cavs, the point of uh, Jetty? Yeah, Jetty. Yeah, yeah Jetty. You know, Jetty can't do that. As soon as he raises his voice, boom, tank. Oh, what? You complain again, boom, you out the game. But, Dr- of course, Draymond's going to get away with stuff like that, man. They scared of Draymond. They are. But anyway, uh, the talk of the the week, I guess, to kick things off this week was Anthony Davis, who went off for 53 points, 18 rebounds, five blocks, three assists. Uh, the man was a flat-out monster. And I think it's funny that um, that this, this happened because I, I recall FIFO uh, jumping on me um, a couple of shows ago when I said, I guess a disrespectful comment <laughs> about Anthony Davis. Oh, I said uh, Anthony Davis going to have to come back, and FIFA was like Anthony Davis been back. Um, the F- Pelicans are six and zero, and during this win streak, Anthony Davis is averaging forty one points, fifteen rebounds, three point two steals, and three point two blocks. Uh, that was his fifth forty point ten rebound game. In February, according to ESPN <laughs> stats and info, um, and it's the most in a single calendar month in the past thirty-five season. The only player to to put up fifty, fifteen, and five was Bob McAdoo. Uh, 
And that was back wow. in, uh, when they started tracking stats in 73 to 74. Um, it's, it's interesting how sports works and how sports media work. A couple of years ago, Anthony Davis was the talk of the town. The league marketed him. They were going to push him. He was the next thing. A couple of injuries happened. He fall off the face of the earth. Nobody talking about him like that. And now, uh, seemingly he's, he, he's back like a, you know, said a couple of weeks ago. Um, and everybody want to talk about him. Uh, yeah, man. I, I I don't know. I don't know what you've been talking about, man. Anthony Davis been here uh, all season. Him and Demarcus. I've, I've been watching the Pelicans. Um, and, and and what I that's what look, man. The narrative. You can't believe the narrative that you hear on national media, man. The, the, these guys. I'm not gonna say that they paid, but they swayed. They 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 sway with the wind, man. And me, I'm steadfast. I, I I tell you guys exactly what I see and what I saw with the Marcus Cousins and Anthony Davis is the best twin towers that I, I I've seen because they're the most skillful twin towers ever. Um, and these guys do complement each other, and I think that they should be playing together. And I think that that organization needs to figure it out because when these guys were playing together, they both were averaging twenty ten. So we know that Anthony Davis can put up numbers like this. So if DeMarcus goes down, and I think it was a very class act by him rocking DeMarcus Cousins' uh, jersey during the All-Star game, um, big enough the homie. But when he's by himself and he knows he has that pressure on him, he's performed. The only thing that's held him back in his career is, 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 is the injuries. You know, and that's not something he can control. All he can control is when he's healthy and playing at his best, putting up numbers like that. And, he, and, and that's why B was very early on him. I know I was a bit skeptical. Yeah. I saw it, um, but I just needed him to put it together. And he's done that, you know, and, and when healthy, really it's hard to name a better player than him. Um, go ahead. No, you know what I like I about it, man? It, it, it's mm-hmm. I like the fact that all of this is translating into wins. And, of course. And, and and that's the big thing for me. Now, can he keep it up? And, you know, like people say, he's doing it in the West. But can he keep it up? That remains to be seen. It's like probably 20-some games he has left. And um, and everything's on his shoulders to get this team, you know, to the to the playoffs. So, for me, man, I, I, I think it's going to be dope to kind of watch and see him, like, put it all together to the point where, you know, he's carrying this team you know, into the playoffs and maybe can eke out. Cause I, I didn't know this. They were in the, they were actually a third seed, which is crazy considering how they've been middle of the road for most of the season, like tilling right around 500. Um, what do you think about, like, people are saying MVP talk? Does he deserve that? No, 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 no. You're, What's you're, holding you're, back you're the team? record? Yeah, the record. Uh, to me, to me, obviously, the impact that he has on the squad, on the NBA, is immense when healthy. But to me, an MVP has to be fifth or higher. And the reason why I say fifth is because what if that team had an injury and it kind of held them, like it pushed them down, but that star player still rolls above all of that. Like that can happen. So I, I think that's the situation. But the re- like the record has to be there. And, and they're not that high. So I, I, that's the only thing holding them back. But they're two games behind the Spurs, four games behind Minnesota that just lost Jimmy Butler. There's – and they're fifth, they're fifth seed now, so I misspoke. But they're in range of being a third seed depending on what happens from here. 
So that kind of falls within your criteria. Now, we all know that more than likely it's going to be James Harden, but is he worth at least being part of the conversation? When you ball out of control like that, of course, and I think he's one of those perennial MVP kind of guys, right? If he's healthy, Every year he should be in the conversation, every single year, because he's going to put up these ridiculous numbers. It's like LeBron, right? Like, LeBron's in his 15th season. He's still a top three MVP candidate, is he not? I think I think that's yeah. the type of run Anthony Davis is going to be on. Yeah, and he's, he's he just uh, averaged a triple-double for the month of February. Uh, that's official. So what, what, what about you, B, man? You, you think Anthony Davis – uh, should be in the MVP discussions if if he finishes third in the West or higher. He's probably not going to get higher, but say third. Yeah, if he if he hit fourth or third, um, without you know your 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 other your other twin tower as people mentioned, your other twin tower bro with you. If you if you can carry your team to that level in the West to that high of a seed, oh yeah, you definitely. And then you still putting up those type of numbers that he's putting up. Oh yeah, most definitely. Hmm. Be a discussion been... for MVP. It takes the team up to the to uh, three seed. That'd be nuts, dude. Um, that'd be crazy. What you about to say, FIFO? Oh no, no, no! I, I, I was about to say with you. No, no. I oh yeah, yeah. I mean, because you got to figure like you know the Spurs is up there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you knock you 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 surpass the Spurs and getting a three seed. You know, in the West, yeah, he's definitely. I, I would say hands down. Uh, he got to be in. The, he should win. I'm just saying. He hands down. He should definitely be in that conversation for for MVP talk. If he, if he can will his team to that. that, that's like hands down. Because I already knew Anthony Davis was capable of doing this type of work. I already I already saw this coming from years and years ago in his days in Kentucky. So I was like, man. So I'm I'm glad he's living up to that potential. Now we don't get injured. I hope nothing happens where you know we've seen there's been an injury plague season so far, and I hope you know nothing happens to this dude. Within the next month, where he gets injured, because it was very unfortunate for Demarcus Cousins to get injured. Um, yeah, I, I think you definitely, yeah, he, he definitely got to be an MVP talk, man. Like you know, yeah, five, four, five, five, it'd be a little kind of tight, but three, definitely. I don't see why he wouldn't be in the conversation for MVP if he can wheel his team up to a three seed. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think we'll we'll uh have okay, an MVP. Okay. <laughs> Nah, yeah, so, so yeah, I, I think I agree, man. Um, yeah, to kind of, if you finish third and you do, you're basically carrying this team, uh, without DeMarcus Cousins and, and, um, you turn your performances into wins. Yeah, you deserve to be in the discussion. You deserve to get some votes. Um, speaking of LeBron, I know I mentioned earlier he averaged a triple double, uh, for the month of February. Um, there's a team, uh, in the East. That's actively recruiting uh, LeBron, and I'm sure you guys saw this, but this was crazy. Like this, this took balls, man, to actually buy billboards outside of Cleveland to recruit LeBron. This is crazy. I, I just, I don't. This is nuts. What's Here's it? the thing: it can't, it cannot be the Philadelphia 76ers because obviously that's tampering. So it's an independent company that that took out these ads. So let's clarify that so that way people don't think it's actually the Philadelphia 76ers. But no, Ken, to your point, 1,000%, you have to have balls to do it, regardless if it's Philly themselves or a company or whatever, right? Like, but here, but here's the thing. 
I feel him, right? Like, I've, I've said that I would like to see LeBron go play for an iconic coach because that's the one thing he has not had in his entire career. And I think that, that adds to his legacy, uh, whether he does or he doesn't. Um, but if we're looking just from a strictly talent perspective, right, Philly's only paying one guy, which is Joel Embiid next year. And, and they're paying Robert Covington, right? And Robert, obviously Robert Covington is on a very team-friendly contract. J.J. Reddick comes off the books. Ben Simmons is still on the rookie deal. The rest of that, I think Dario Saric is still on the rookie deal. So the rest of that squad is still very young, but very talented. And we see right now what LeBron can do with a very young, but very talented type of team. If I'm Bron and I truly do not feel any loyalty toward Cleveland, 100% go to Philly. If he wants to play with talent, I don't think that he'll for obviously he can go to Golden State, but I think that diminishes his career. So we won't even entertain that. But if he goes to Philly and is able to propel that organization and that franchise and truly pass hand over, you know, the same, the knowledge, not necessarily the game or the keys to the franchise into 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 the squad to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but hand over and pass that knowledge, that secret sauce that Kyrie Irving is playing with this season. If he can pass that to those guys and expedite their maturation as NBA superstars, because NBA future Hall of Famers, if they stay healthy, the both of those guys are, that, that's going to be an extremely scary situation. Because Robert Covington can shoot the crap out the ball. Dario Saric is a stretch four. And you have Ben Ben Simmons as your point guard and LeBron your pseudo point guard. I'm talking about that is a very big athletic team that you are putting out there. Uh, If I'm LeBron, I I strongly have to consider that. And obviously, Rich Paul uh, uh, represents Ben Simmons and LeBron. So obviously, there's a connection there. People don't know LeBron and Ben are are, are kind of a protege and mentor kind of relationship. So bringing that onto the team as well, I think. It is, it, that's just a really good situation. I don't think you could paint a, a more perfect scenario for LeBron to come in and truly mentor the, 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 the young Hall of Famers that they have right now. Um, I think that'll be tremendous. You know, um, hey, FIFA, would that work? Would that work though, yeah. FIFA, by, the, by Bron and Simmons being the same, like pretty much prototype players? I think, you know, as you get older, I've always said, as you get older, you have to change your game right because I, lebron is obviously the 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 the, the, the um, what's the word i'm looking for he's he, he he's the exception to the rule right like he's in his 15th season and this guy athletically is still on par with the best athletes in the nba but eventually father time is undefeated and he's not going to be able to physically dominate the game in which in the way he does so he's going to have to change his game and i think that lebron would slightly but gradually give up those those ball handling responsibilities and i think that he could be a scorer right like lebron has been a reluctant scorer but i think that he's never played with obviously never played with a guy like ben simmons the guy kind of like him that can do things like him. I, I I don't think he's ever he's ever played with that. So I think that would be a, an adjustment for LeBron. And I think that LeBron wants to elevate guys. And I think that for Ben Simmons to elevate, right? Like for Kyrie to elevate, Kyrie got to go get buckets. That's his game. But for Ben Simmons to elevate, it's kind of he controls the game as well. So can it work? Yes. 
Will it work? I don't know. Uh, but Brett Brown comes from the Popovich tree. So if anybody can devise a system or get buy-in, I, I, I think Brett Brown can do that. You know why I, I like the move? Because it extends LeBron's career. 1,000. So I, I think it would be a, a good move for, for him uh, for, you know, the twilight of his career. But, yeah, I was with, with B. Like, how would that fit with LeBron being man, your so boy Wade, dominant? Your, your boy Wade, th- th- this man's still clutch. He can't retire man. next year. So 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 let me let me break down the game just a little bit. It was about twenty seconds left in the game. D Way with the ball, let let left side of the court, you know, dribble, 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 pick and roll, him and Hassan, step back, jumper and Ben Simmons face up by one with five seconds to go in the game. You you, you know how it's Wade County, man. This is crazy. Hey man. Still got it. <laughs> oh man. Third that's best guard to play. Hey, yeah. Third best. Yeah. Yep. Um Back to, to LeBron and Philly. Do you think, because I know when we talked about Kevin, the whole Andrew Wiggins, LeBron, uh, Kevin Love, and whether or not he should keep that talent on the team or bring in, you know, a veteran like Kevin Love. And one of the things that you commented on, uh, FIFO, was you saying that it would suppress Andrew Wiggins' development. So with LeBron coming to Philly, would, that happened to Embiid and Simmons? No. And the reason why I don't believe it would happen is because Embiid and Simmons are levels ahead of where Andrew Wiggins is right now. And Wiggins mm-hmm. has been in the league for a little bit. Uh, obviously, And that's no slight to Andrew Wiggins because he's a definitely a tremendous player. And this year he's taken his game to another level. He has gotten better every year. But where the starting points for those three players, two out of the three was it, it just immensely higher. You know what I'm saying? Look, look, look at what Joel. Come on, man. Joel and B played what, all of 30 games, and they played this man damn near 200 million for 30 games. That tells True. you something. They wouldn't pay Wiggins that type. The the, the weight the contract Wiggins got right now. If he played 30 games, they wouldn't have paid him that. I guarantee you that. But Joel and B something different. We ain't never seen that. We ain't never seen that. And Ben Simmons is the second coming, uh, basketball wise, IQ wise, uh, similarity wise to me to, to LeBron. And I think LeBron, like the same way LeBron was a combination to me of Magic and and um, Michael, Ben Simmons is a combination of Magic and Bron to me. You know, so so I again I think I think it'll work. Uh, I think they can make it work. I don't. I don't know if it works right off the bat, but I don't think it'll stunt their growth, man. Those guys are too great. Like Embiid, can, what? What can for real? What big man can guard and be one on one in the NBA? I don't know any right now. Maybe Anthony Davis. <laughs> nah, uh, 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 Joel too big for him. Joel's just physically too big for him. Anthony, now, now I'm not saying Anthony Davis can't guard him at all. Of course he can guard him. But all I'm saying is if you give that man 10 straight possessions, I'll, I'll, I'll put my money on Joel Embiid winning more of those possessions. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I, I don't I don't think the Marcus is quick enough. I think he's physical enough. He's not quick enough. Hassan is not quick enough. Um, I, I, he's just a mismatched knight. There's no big man right now better than Joel Embiid. There's no big you can't you can't argue that to me right now. He's the best big man in the game. Well, may, maybe Cat, 
maybe Cat can guard him, but no, nah, no, nah, I take that back. I, I, I Cat don't play well. defense Go like that. Yeah, no, nah, he don't. I, nah, he's gotten better under under uh, Tibbs, but um, he's definitely had to work on it. He's definitely more of an offensive player, um, but he's definitely he's a beast though. But um, last question about this uh, for you guys. So, um, title contenders, if he, if he goes there? Of course. Wherever LeBron goes he, there, Any team contender. with LeBron on it, they, it's pretty much been title contenders for the last seven, eight years. So No. Yeah. Any team. Well, not necessarily. Let's, 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 change, let's change the question. We got, think about it, Ken. Obviously, if he goes to Sacramento, they're not title contenders. So, so let's not get too, too carried away, right? But let's just say that the the top fourteen teams, right, or sixteen teams, which is which is um, the playoff teams, and I would say about maybe five teams under that. So I would say what the top twenty three teams, twenty to twenty three teams. You add LeBron, they're, they're, they're tied up contender. But I guess you're right. Let's change the question. Would they be able to beat the Warriors? Like we've seen, and that's why I said not necessarily because we've seen LeBron be able to get—he could get to the finals. But we look at the Warriors, we look at LeBron's team, we're like, yeah, nah, nah, they—they—they're not gonna beat them. <laughs> In Philly, though, would his odds improve? Yes, the odds improve. Because I think that you can play a different game. I think I think you can slow it down again against uh, Golden State with that squad, and I also think that you can run off turnovers and long rebounds because obviously they shoot a ton of threes. They don't always make them. They go through lulls where where, where they miss. So I think that if you can control the pace, which is extremely difficult to do against the Golden State, no easy task. But if you can control the pace and go at them strategically like you can't get up and down but if you go at them strategically uh when you have those opportunities and capitalize i think that that they can beat the warriors i i i, I they can't but i'm not putting my money on them uh, you know if i had to put money on hell no I'm, i ain't picking the damn philly with braun I, I i'm 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 picking i'm still picking golden state what about you b yeah um Golden State, man, they they still they still uh, <laughs> head above the rest right now, man. I think putting LeBron on that squad don't automatically. I'm not circling them to beat Golden State in the seven game series, man. I'm still until I see that armor get broke with Golden State, they look like they gonna uh, win this year, repeat and possibly threepeat next year. So Golden State. I don't know, man. I think OKC gonna pop them boys. Oh, man. No. Come on. It's going to happen. OKC just had a bad game. No, man. Stop. Look, look, Ken. You know know what it's going to happen. Same guy that's believing in Toronto this year. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Look, the problem with OKC is late game execution. I do not trust and believe in their late game execution for two reasons. Number one, Billy Donovan. He just has not shown a propensity to galvanize that team and, and, and maximize everything. Obviously, you know, what what he's been there, what, two years now, right? Two two mm-hmm. going on three? Yeah, I think about three the, now. The, yeah, three, right? So 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 the team is completely changing. It's it's he had KD one year, he had Oladipo the next year, and now he has Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. That's that's extremely difficult. I'm not giving him a pass. I understand. 
But at the end of the day, he's a problem. And I think Russell Westbrook, as much as I love him, end of game situations, he's erratic. He, he's not always consistent. He doesn't always get the best shot possible. And I think that's the reason why losing James Harden, picking Ibaka over James Harden, eventually doomed OKC because James Harden with Russell Westbrook and KD making the decisions, it's it's much – you can execute what you want better through James Harden than you can Russell Westbrook. And I think uh, that's always going to be their Achilles heel unless – Russ can play for a pop or a, a, an iconic coach like that that can put him in a better situation versus just allowing him to just be Russ. Hmm. I I don't know, man. It looks like like we, we, when I think back to that game when I was watching that game, I'm like, man, Paul George just can't hit a shot. But what happens? when he is hitting those shots that he missed. I, I I agree with you in late game situations, Russ would definitely be a, a lot more erratic and um and you know, maybe Melo would be best suited for that, but he's not involved enough offensively, um, I feel to be in enough of a rhythm late, but when you got it, you got it. But um but I think if they get a chance to come out, be physical get a head start, continue to play the defense they've played all year long, I think they got a shot. And I think if you, when I think about that game, Golden State got hot. They responded better to the adversity, to the tense moments mm-hmm. than OKC did. And and that's what happened. Like Melo c- complaining, rightfully so, he did get hit. But come on, bro. So, you know, Golden State was just ready. And they, they were mentally tough that game. Than, than OKC was, and maybe after beating them twice, you know, you don't have that same uh, desire to beat them that you did the first two times. So, but look, we'll know in the playoffs. Um, so we'll see if they get a chance to meet. Uh, two more, and then we'll get out of here, unless you guys have anything. Um, poor Zingas, man. I, so I saw this earlier today, and I thought it was interesting. Um, so the Knicks got a chance to lock up Porzingis for $157 million uh, by extending him. And we've all seen the potential that Porzingis has as a player. But, man, that injury is is, is serious. The ACL tear is, is serious. So do you want to risk giving him that money? Um or do you want to go back into the market and try to find you another guy? Because we all know guys are really hard to hard to come by. So I guess for me the question to you guys is whether or not you would invest in a guy that so far has been injury prone and now is coming off an ACL tear. Is he worth locking up for $157 million and five years? 1,000%. No hesitation. Put 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 really? the contract together. Yes, because look, how, how, how many? What is he? Seven three? How, how, how many seven, seven three guys? Seven three. Yeah, seven three dog. Like how many seven three guys you seen do what he does? Right. Look, a lot of young players get injured. Technology is where where it's at. An ACL tear. Yes, it is a very serious injury, but 
we have shown the success rate of that, right? Like the success rate is is pretty high if you follow the regimen, right? Now, obviously, the roles, certain other players, it, you know, there, 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 there is a certain percentage that do not go the way according to plan. But even if he's not what he once was athletically, that, that, that don't mean the IQ goes anywhere. That doesn't mean that the, the touch goes anywhere. That doesn't mean that he's not 7'3". That doesn't mean he can't shoot the rock. Elgowskis uh, uh, had a long NBA career. He was very injury prone because he was very skillful. And at the end of the day, Porzingis is skillful. And skillful players do not have to be athletic. And I, I lock him up because he's still 7'3". Like, like you, 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 you can't teach 7'3", Ken. Mm. That know, injury man. is a little scary, you, though. I said the injury is a little scary, but um, you know, if if I'm the Knicks, you don't. It seemed like the fan base seemed to take take well with Porzingis. He fills the seats up in Madison Square Garden, so you know, from a business standpoint, I wouldn't mind locking someone with that talent, that size. He's pretty much a seven three version in the in the more defensively version of uh Dirt and Whiskey. You know, if if he reaches full potential, mm-hmm. um, so you know, I have no issue. I have no issue with uh, Knicks taking a gamble on that man, on, on that talent. You know, it's just because, like I said, right now he's filling up those seats in Madison Square Garden. You know, especially once he come back from injury. You know, the 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 Knicks fan, and we know how harsh these NY fans can be. NYC fans can be. They take they take they seem to like him. So guess what? I don't want to make my fan base upset. And let him walk, or, or or try to sign somebody else. Then you got my fans mad or whatever, whatever. So I want to keep those seats uh, filled up with Porzingis fans. So I, I'll take the chance on on that on that talent on on someone with that size, man, that can do what he can do offensively and defensively, and he can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And he blocks shots. I, you know, I I'm would. Saying. Yeah. I would probably do it reluctantly. Um, I would love to see what he does next year. Um, I would be concerned with him possibly. Well, I think Jabari was a unique situation for him to have the same injury on the other leg. But his, the unicorns, um, and, and, and I love him. Three, six Latvia, man. Y'all go listen to the old shows, um, you know, during this rookie year. But, he can't stay on the court. It seems like every little nick and knack, he, he's out for two or three weeks. And now you have and, – and that was for a small injury, minor injuries. And now you have an ACL tear. And, yeah, we, we've advanced a lot, um, you know, medically. So you can definitely come back and recover from those um, where you haven't before in the past. But um, that would concern me. Being having all that money invested in a guy that I may not get the return back on. But to your point, be about them showing up. Number one, well, one thing is they'll show up regardless. But I think what Porzingis does is he gives them hope. Hope that the Knicks haven't had in a long time. Hope. So you Yeah, 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 you're right. So, I mean, we're talking about a pick that nobody even liked. Until they saw the kid can play, and then we saw what they did with the pick they had um, last year. With they got this kid Nicolina, who 
is proven to be well, we don't know. No, that was this year. Be. That was this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, because they could have took Dennis Smith Jr. and they didn't. Right now, when they picked Chris Stapps, we were like, "What the hell are you doing?" So we kind of gave him. Some people gave him them the benefit of the doubt with this pick, but nah. When you see what Dennis is doing up in uh up 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 in Dallas, you see what Donovan Mitchell is doing because I think he was a pick uh, after that one too. You got to question what they were doing, but nevertheless. Because of his ability, his rare ability, his skill set, his his height, um, I would give it to him reluctantly. But I, I just will hope that he stay healthy and and we can build the right team around him. And that I think even him, man, he has to learn how he has to get his conditioning down too. Because he'll he'll come out like he had a great first month, and then he got tired and fatigued, and then he's complaining or whining about the seasons a long season and he hasn't adjusted you've been in the league uh long enough to know what an 82 game season is like so he has some things to do uh himself but uh but yeah i'll probably give him the money i'll probably give him the money but i i, I have an out somehow some way but um last thing man um and i didn't know about this until uh today actually no i think i may have seen the headline but I didn't pay too much attention to it. Um, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. But the 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 Cavaliers uh, banned a fan from uh, the arena indefinitely. I think they said they're going to revisit it um, next next year. And I mean, I don't know what, exactly what that means. But I, I think the thing that caught me about this is because it seems like we're seeing more and more of these situations um, happen in the NBA. And I don't know. If is that is being reported more now, and that has always happened, I'm pretty sure there have been incidents. It just wasn't reported, but it just feels like a lot of this is happening more and more. And and I don't know if the league or the teams are just trying to be more. Um, ah, what's the word? Now you now I'm looking for the word. Uh, it's not <laughs> aggressive, proactive in these type of situations. But it also feels like it's the Trump bump, right? <laughs> that, you know, he's in office and these people feel like they have the right to say the things that they said. So, okay, so he said, hey, Jamaican dog, they want their Bob's letter back. The fan yelled at Mills. Uh, hey, Mills, Jamaica just called. They want their Bob's letter back. Like, <laughs> it, it's just such a whack. First of all, it's such a whack insult. But that's all he said. I mean, Jamaican dog is pretty rough. Like, I don't, you know. But Patty Mills said that he's used to it, you know, being an Islander and, and coming over here. He's kind of used to it by now, which is sad. Uh, it's kind of like we're accustomed to certain things. But, um, but yeah, that's that's what he said. And, uh, and they banned him. So, they're going to revisit it next year. So. I don't know. Um, do you guys think that was enough? No, I don't. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I thought it was maybe too hard. I thought he said something, you know, a little worse than that. Not, not to disres- not to disrespect the, you know, Islanders and and folks that's from the island, and maybe, maybe that's 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 something, you know, that's really bad coming from there. I'm not from there, so I can't really speak on, you know, being from the island or whatever if that's really super offensive i mean yeah that i mean it's it's a 
it's bad. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just coming from a different perspective. I didn't see it being that bad for where you ban that fan for life. You know, I mean, not for life, but for a year, and then you come back revisit it. I think that's, you know, I think Adam Silver is, do, you know, trying to be, you know, proactive, I guess, or reactive in this situation. But I don't know. I, I, well, now that you said what he said, Ken, I, I didn't look at it as being that bad to where you like, all right, you ain't coming back for a year. Maybe, what's the, I guess this point in the season, is, I mean, what, you got like, what, 25 more games left? So, I mean, he's, he's banned for the remaining 25 games of the season and possibly can't go to the playoffs. So, I mean, I guess 25 games. It's not like he said this in November. So, now if he said yeah. this in November, if he said this in like in November and you banned him for the season, I, I think that would have been too harsh for what he said. But I don't know. I mean, I guess it's cool. Twenty, you know, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna be able to make the remainder of the regular season games, which is a month and a half. Or playoffs. So. Yeah, or playoffs. So you know, I, I guess, I guess. You know, I I, I kind of wonder, man. And I think it, it was something you said. Um, there there really really sparked my interest. And I think when we read the comments or hear the comments, and we just we're like, oh, that's all he called him. Like we're we're he's not yelling it at us, so. Um, obviously we we're coming from a different perspective, but, um, being American black, um, and I make that distinction because Mills is black, but he's from Australia and he has a Aboriginal heritage. Um, but we're African American. So it's a little bit different, uh, for us because you already know what we're called, like all kind of things. So I guess our history and the things that, We've been called when we see something like this, we were like, Oh, that's light. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, dang, that's all he called him, Jamaican dog. <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> you know, so um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I had the same feeling, B. I I'm I'm like, man, that's that's all he said. And it, it just didn't seem like he really said anything like overtly offensive. Now again, I'm not Patty Mills. So I don't know how he felt, and I'm not, you know, and uh, you know, from where he's from, anything like that. So, like you said, B, I don't know um, how they feel being called that, but yeah, it just seemed very light to me when I when I read it. Um, but anytime you insult anybody, I I don't, I don't know. I don't mean to play insult Olympics here, but <laughs> you know, they all hurt. But oh well. Yo, real quick. The Wizards, nine and three without Wall. Mm-hmm. We buried the Wizards on this show, uh, FIFO. We sure did. Uh, uh, you know, I think that this is one of those situations where there might be turmoil in that locker room um, with Wall versus his teammates. Uh, at first, I, I didn't want to believe that, obviously, because John Wall is a great talent. Uh, but they're making an over effort to try to play well without him. Um, and, and it feels intentional. Not like I, I don't, obviously when you play the game of basketball, you're trying to win every game, but it almost seems like they're trying to make a point to John wall. And, or maybe that's just how the media is, is, is kind of spinning it. But I feel that. Um, and I don't think that that is good at all. Uh, but it's interesting because uh, John, John Wall still has like what a couple years on his contract, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Or is he? Or is he a free agent? Hold on, let me let me look that up because that is going. 
things to determine what I think next. Let's see. Uh, let's give see. me one second. General mm-hmm. contracts. I thought basketball ref would have it. Oh, no, that's just salary info. So he signed. Uh, he has a contract extension to through the 2023 season. So he has five years. Um, I don't know if they're willing to trade him. I doubt that they trade him. Um, so I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you how you fix the situation. Uh, obviously, Marcin Gortat had things to say. Uh, so he may he may or may not be gone. But, you know, who do you replace him with? Because when you look at that light, when you look at that roster, right, especially the starting five, Bradley Beal is a is a second tier level guard, right? Like he's very good, but but is he's borderline all star. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's there yet consistently. John Wall's an all star, right? Uh, Otto Porter is second or third tier small forward. Marcin Gortat is third tier big man. Marquise Morris third, fourth tier, you know, wing player. Like what other talent do they really have on this roster? You know, so so maybe trading John Wall will be able to bring you back assets. I don't know, man. I, I I think it's I think it's an interesting thing because if they have if they truly believe that they're better without John Wall, I, I just I don't want to believe that for an entire season through a stretch. Can they galvanize themselves and you know put their mind to it and, and try to you know work out some wins? Of course, but I. I the basketball mind in me does not want to believe that they're better without John Wall. Yeah, yeah, neither do I. Um, but nine and three, I think, since he went down, and um, and I'm trying to see like they beat. Uh, I mean, they haven't beat top tier talent. I mean, outside of Toronto, and they beat OKC. Uh, everybody else is kind of in middle of the road. Uh, they lost to Philly, lost to Boston. So against some of the, the, the tougher teams, uh, they haven't fared as well, but they beat Chicago. They beat the Knicks, Indiana, Orlando, and Atlanta. And, um, and, and so, so those are in there too. So like I said, two, two of their, their best wins were against OKC and Toronto. So, um, but yeah, I'm with you. Um, they they definitely are playing well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how long they can keep this up without him. And uh, I don't know if Sanaransky will be able to maintain his level of performance um, as, as the season progresses. So we'll see. So anyway, that's going to do it uh, for us this week. Uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um, leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, we're we're working. Uh, hopefully, we'll we'll have a studio soon, and we'll be able to bring you guys video content um, uh, somewhere down the line in the future. Um, so until then, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.